You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ Tuskegee Auburn, and AM620 WTRP LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Wednesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I'm joined by Cam Berry here on this very beautiful Wednesday afternoon. We have a very shortened show. We'll keep it short and sweet today as we get off air around 4.15. Uh, Borgard High School baseball coming up at 4.30, and so uh, that's why we will have to get off air early today. We also want to give a shout-out to Smith Station, as Smith Station softball will be over on 99.9 Kate FM. That's going to be about a 6.15, 6.30 game uh, tonight as they switch times with the JV. So we want you to go over there after the conclusion of Beauregard High School Baseball here on Tiger. Uh, and we're going to have a lot of high school baseball and softball coming up over the next several days as we'll have uh, Smith Station Baseball and Kate 99.9 tomorrow, a doubleheader against Auburn High. And then for us here on Tiger 95.9, we will return to Auburn University programming tomorrow. Auburn University softball in Gainesville, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That will take us off the air early around 4.30 on Thursday and Friday. So we're only going about halfway on these next three shows, weather permitting. Uh, and so uh, we will have to get to things quickly today. We'll talk a little Atlanta Braves. We'll also have birthdays and sports, nightly TV guy a nightly TV guide, and your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Again, getting off air at 415, Ryan and Cam with you here today. Cam, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, like you said, a, a beautiful Wednesday, uh, real sunny out. Um, got me a haircut, so I'm just, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. It's a, it's fresh. a good Wednesday. The Braves won, so, you know, it's just – a whole bunch of things going on, and then there's some news uh, that came out. I think either yesterday, or early today, that uh, that transfer Denver Jones is going to be at uh, Auburn's A Day this weekend. Uh, it'll be rainy, so that's kind of unfortunate. But um, he'll be he'll be here in Auburn tour- touring the facilities, obviously talking and hanging with some of the players on the team. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll be able to get a, a basketball commitment out of him this weekend. That would be really good. Average 20 points per game um, and, and he can shoot the ball pretty well. So a, a must pick up a, a really good guard uh, that Auburn could use from Conference USA. So, yeah, um, really, really good, uh, doing really well and, and ready to talk a little bit, even though it's going to be a short show. Yeah, again, we will have a lot of those throughout the entire month of April and, again, throughout the rest of this week. As you alluded to, Cam, and we talked a good bit about A-Day yesterday or at least about spring ball and the continuation and and the power rankings for all these position groups, but it does culminate with the spring game this weekend, and we've certainly approached it from the angle of – 
Auburn and Hugh Freeze wanting to get away from playing each other and, and playing a, a smaller school as a, a sort of scrimmage. Yeah, I remember uh, seeing that. And, uh, you know, UAB and Troy coaches, UAB's coach uh, Trent Dilfer and Troy's coach, uh, was it John Summerall or, or something? Yeah, Summerall. John Summerall. Yeah, John Summerall. Yeah. Uh, expressing that they would love for that opportunity uh, to, to play Auburn or Alabama. I think there's a lot of interest there. The question will be, when will it be permissible from the NCAA? It is permissible at the lower levels. Uh, and, uh, of course, we know in college basketball, those secret scrimmages and, and that sort of thing. And so I, I think that scenario could be nearing. But the angle that we don't need to spend too much time on, but that we will have to mention here, unfortunately, uh, is as you just said, Cam, uh, the weather is looking just downright awful on yeah, Saturday. I. I don't know what's going to happen with A Day. Uh, to be forthcoming with you, there is nearly a 100% chance of rain <laughs> all day Saturday. So, a, a long term event. And to make matters worse, oh, you know, 75 degree rain, ah, it might not be too bad. Well, it's not going to be 75 and it's not going to go up. It's going to be a high around 59 or 60 on Saturday. So, you're talking about a very cool. Uh, rain. So I, I just beg the weather to make up its mind. I know we're in the south, and it's just you know it's that time of year where we pretty much experience cold all fronts weathers. And, yep. It's just I hate it. It's just frustrating, man. I, I just I just want to enjoy a good a day. Last year it was kind of windy and chilly. It was sunny, but it was cold mm-hmm. still. And, and um, I was with my girlfriend and, and friends, and it was it wasn't too bad, but. You know, this one, it's it's unfortunate that it's going to be so rainy on Saturday as well. And it's going to put a, put a damper on uh, at 10 a.m. Frank Thomas's uh, statue is supposed yeah. to be unveiled. So that's just kind of messing up the whole the whole vibe of the day, honestly. And, and it's, it's like the weather just didn't get the memo. Yeah, so I, I, I honestly, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's on the table that it wouldn't happen. The spring game, right. or if they'd have to move the Frank Thomas ceremony, I I, I don't know. But but Saturday's supposed to be just downright bad. Uh, again, not, if you want to be technical, ninety one percent chance of rain according to the Weather Channel app. Saturday afternoon, eighty two percent chance of rain Saturday night. If you were thinking about Friday night into Saturday, seventy three percent chance of rain Friday night into Saturday. Uh, Sunday looking drier, but even a high of sixty four, not too appetizing. Uh, it, Easter it, Sunday. It is uh, it is not good. Uh, the the weather forecast. So I I, I do not what know what will become uh, of Saturday's festivities, both at, at Plainsman Park, uh, a baseball game following, you know, at three o'clock, the Frank Ter- Thomas ceremony, uh, and then the A Day game scheduled for one. I, I I don't know. You can play in rain. Uh, you can't play in, in thunderstorms, right? And, <laughs> and uh, there might be a few of those around too. I, I just eight days for the fans. Yeah. So, I, I mean, and I don't know how many people are going to brave mid to upper fifties in rain. Yeah, I, 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 just, I, I don't see it. That's it's uh, it is very unfortunate, but uh, obviously, you know, we we talk it up, and we know people want to hear how we're feeling about the the team as it as spring comes to a close, but. You know, on paper and kind of what the coach's points are going back to the uh, the the scrimmaging other teams aspect of it is, you know, if you're just scrimmaging yourself, that's something you do 
frequently anyway. Right. You know, you're, it's just a more public display. Right. right. Uh, and, and maybe you're doing a few more official things because you're bringing in some referees. But, uh, you know, ultimately it's not something they don't already do at times. Right. And, and they've already had a few different scrimmages this spring. They'll have some in the fall. So, uh, you know, you know, it's not like Auburn or, or any other teams that might get rained on or are missing some sort of opportunity to get significantly better but it is as you said for the fans and a, a a opportunity to kind of showcase some things and showcase some new players and and obviously this one being the first one for Hugh right. Freeze and staff right. that added another level fun element yeah. to it as well so uh, it is pretty frustrating that the forecast is the way that it is uh, unfortunately uh, as you as I think everyone can figure out by now I do tell you what the weather's going to be on this station and on the other stations i have no control over uh what that is going to be like though so uh that is very unfortunate well uh, since we do have a short show today we're going to go ahead and go to the auburn bank phone line for the first time today 334-887-341 locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine first up on the show today ward damn steve retire ward damn steve is with us steve how are you doing Doing great, guys, and I uh, appreciate the honor. Let me come on first, so I'll try to make the most of it. Um, you guys happen to have read this article by Nathan King yet, how much Auburn football spent on recruiting in 2022? I have not, but no, this will, this does not. interest me. Yeah, for sure interests me as well. Yeah, uh, well, uh, we come in uh, sixth in the SEC in terms of how much free recruiting expenses were. And this comes from a, uh, I guess, uh, a report by USA Today, really uh, a record request from all the FBS colleges. So I went down the list, guys, and uh, who do you think is number one in spending? Alabama or in, Georgia? Or A&M? In, 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 in the entire country, not just NBC. Oh. Uh, I'd still, still probably yeah. think one of those. Yeah. Who? Alabama, Georgia, or, or, or A&M. Texas A&M. Yeah. I would have thought A&M, but they were third. Still very high. Yeah. 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 The top dog? Georgia. Georgia's yeah. Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, that makes, makes sense. sense. Now, guys, I'd love to hear from them. I don't know if you ever find out an itemized itinerary of their business. $4.5 million. Not surprising. Yeah. Uh, you, they, they got it. You could have told me almost any number other than like $100 million and I would have I would have not been too surprised. Okay, $4.5 million. Yeah, Clemson's number two at $3.2 million. Okay. Yeah. And Texas A&M just barely makes it under Clemson's $3.0 million. Tennessee, $2.9 million. Uh, Oklahoma's number five. Texas, number six. You see, I thought the Texas programs would be having a lot more money to spend than Georgia would ever come close to, right? A&M in Texas? Uh, yeah. n- I mean, maybe, but, but, but also at the same time, momentum of the Georgia program, and yeah. that goes up and down the line. That goes through uh, boosters. That goes through facilities. That goes through, obviously, the success that they, they're having right now. Uh, which is as good as any point in their history. So I, 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 uh, I, the momentum part of it, yes, maybe not on their average year. If they were having an eight or nine win team, it wouldn't be that way. But uh, they're at the absolute peak of their program right now. All right. Well, point out to me my, my logic is flawed, obviously. See, because I would have thought that Georgia would be spending less than that kind of money, and other teams would be because Georgia has so much minimum, as you mentioned, Ryan. And so they don't need to spend as much money. They don't need to go out and, you know, uh, burn the, the, the highways and the byways as much as other teams who are not doing very well. But then I was proven wrong. Uh, but where's my logic flaw? Because again, Alabama, you know, they're ranked number seventh in the country right. at $2.3 million. And yet 
they ain't hurting for winning uh, national championships or for getting five-star recruits, are they? But Georgia's yeah. spending twice as much as them. I, 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 my speculation would be because Alabama has done it for yeah, longer. They're, they're riding the reputation. Uh, is that what you think it is? They're, yeah. ri- they're riding. Right. Alabama's able to ride that reputation that they have the championships. I mean, you, you can see it when they have the visit. So they, they probably don't have to spend as much because, I mean, if you get a if you get a offer or something like that to come visit Alabama, more than likely that that player is gonna take it. Uh, so you don't have to spend as much to try and get them there and 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 kind of entice them as much. You're really showing them the facilities and how Alabama works. With Georgia, I think they're they're pulling out all the stops because, like Ryan said, they're at the peak of their of their program right now. So they're they're doing everything they can to continue their momentum and really really pull out as much as possible that they can get out of the era that they're in right now. Yeah, if Georgia okay. does this for a few more years, then I don't think they'll have to be. Number one right. anymore. They could sink into the three exactly. to five, six range. But yep. I think that right now, since they're a little newer on the scene as, in terms of uh, elite programs, they've always been a really good program. But obviously, right now, yeah, they're, they're, being top dog, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> is they're they're maximizing that right now. All right. Well, here's another hit scratch for at least what's for me. We got outspent in football now. Okay, not basketball by a renowned football juggernaut juggernaut team called Rutgers. <laughs> Interesting. That's weird. Number eleven, Rutgers at one point six million. Rutgers uh, has pride, though. <laughs> okay. Well, so. all right. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that one. How about being outspent by Maryland, the Terpins, the Terrapins, the old Terrapins? Yeah, that's some that's some weird yeah, that's ones in the Big Ten. Yeah, that, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know if that has anything to do with their location. They have to use more resources to get places. I because you know there's not as many really good high school recruits. Uh, up up north, and there, there's one or two states like Pennsylvania that are good, uh, but but obviously, uh, we, and we went over this on the show a, a week or two ago. Uh, of the top couple hundred recruits in the country, I, o- over half of them are in three or four states, and they're all kind of nestled in the south. When you look at Texas, Georgia, Florida, there is California out there, but then even uh, Alabama's got the fifth most top 300 recruits right now. So uh, I think maybe some of that is about proximity of, of who they're actually recruiting. And, you know, again, I point out, you know, this is Rutgers. If this was, you know, Talking about the rankings and how much money is spent for basketball recruiting, I said, okay, you know, they're uh, they're historically a basketball program. This is football. Rutgers outspending Auburn. Okay, but this is a real paradox, guys. Ohio State, they are a historical and a you know even recently you know have a longevity of being highly ranked and recruited. Do you know what their spending was ranked? I guess lower than Rutgers. Lower than Auburn's. A 20th, 25th? Number 18 at $1.2 million. But do you know what their football recruiting ranking is right now, ranked at? Top five. Number four. Yeah. Yeah, not surprising. How do you – okay, so how do you reckon – to me, that's a paradox. How do they spend the rank number 18th, but yet they're number four in recruiting? Brand so, recognition. Yeah, I, I think that, that part of that is, you know, whereas – Okay, so this is my best guess at it. This is not foolproof. I'm not pretending that this is 100% fact. But for programs in the Big Ten that are not Ohio State, Michigan, uh, and Penn State, 
then you have to make a great, greater effort just to do a little because you don't have the, the tradition or you don't have uh, maybe as many great recruits in your location. But for Ohio State or Michigan, because of their – um, their brand, their history, their success right now. Obviously, Ohio State's still been in the playoff mix for years and years here. Uh, you know, in the similar form that Alabama does not have to go above and beyond all the time to get their guys, Ohio State does not have to go above and beyond uh, with some of those guys in the state of Ohio. If you go grow up in Ohio, then you, Ohio, you know, Ohio State's <laughs> going to be a pretty formidable yeah, uh, uh, get for you. So I, I think it's it's more about that than you know. Look, Ohio State. Obviously, I would still thought they would have been higher. That's why I'm, I'm saying this is not a foolproof logic. But I do think that their dollar goes a longer way because of who they are. Okay, and you know uh, I would agree with that. And then I wonder about this: and why is Michigan spending more than Ohio State? They're next door. They're number eight. In terms of money spent, two point two million. I don't know if the, the the Jordan brand has anything to do with it, or or Could also, be. Could definitely uh, be. you know, again, Ohio State has had the better recent success. So again, Michigan is more of an, a building mode, while Ohio State, I don't want to say maintain like it's you know stagnant, is, but yeah. but it but they are able to maintain and still be elite. Where Michigan has just now the last couple years figured it out with Harbaugh. Okay. Um, now, I don't know what it's going to look like, you know, when Oklahoma and Texas, um, you know, join the SEC. But right now, they're, um, the, the top SEC spending teams are Georgia, then comes A&M, then Tennessee, then Alabama, then Florida, more than us, and then finally us. Right. So that's where we're at. Tennessee's the, the the more surprise, the most surprising, I think, of, of those. Six. I bet that number yeah. is going to go up though when it's reported in 2023. Auburn's probably going to have a, a pretty big yeah. jump. Also, yeah, you so, also got to remember who, who was, was re- who was recruiting right? for like, Auburn the last two years. Well, that, that's part of it. That guys, uh, at least on the brighter side, we can say that uh, Harson at least saved us some money, right? I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Jeez. Okay. What was he not doing? All right. Uh, how about this one, guys? Last night, we fall to a team uh, whose record is 9-18. and Yeah, UAB. Five. Yep. We only got five hits. Five hits. Yeah, that's the mo- most surprising part yeah, of it right. to me. Is, the uh, offense you know, wasn't it. I, I, I know this pitching. I mean, how do you do that against a team who's 9-18? and I mean, they can't be that much of a juggernaut in pitching, right? Uh, no, they're not. And, and look, Auburn is man. is clearly the better team. And and I know that you don't like this answer, but but in baseball, truly anything is possible. And I uh, know that's Tom Peavy's a mantra. Anything can happen. And and, and just again, it, it's a sport where sports that are less about physicality uh, lend themselves to being more erratic. Yeah. And, and you know, baseball's a hot and cold sport, right? Kinda. I mean, I mean, yeah. you can have but guys. I mean, can it be that bad yeah. against really bad teams? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's I mean, I, it is. Yes, it I mean, again, it, it doesn't make it you know awesome. It doesn't mean like Auburn shouldn't regret that. Yeah, that's still not a good loss. I mean, I'm not saying that, but how it could happen? Yeah, because baseball is a sport of a lot of different random outcomes, and um, and I also heard and, and look, I'm not, I don't know, I didn't watch. 
I, I, I don't I, – someone else would have to say, but our, our friend Kevin Ives, who uh, who comes on this show regular, regularly, uh, was very, was talking about very poor uh, umpiring uh, at multiple different points in that game. Um, and, and I don't know what role that had to play in it. I'm not blaming the umps for the sake of blaming umps. I'm just stating that there were a lot of people disgruntled. I, I do not know exactly why, uh, but, but uh, that might have played a role in the late innings there too. Okay, well, I, maybe that's it. Because I'm thinking, good gosh, they can't have better hitters than we do. I mean, we got Bryson Ware, who's tearing them up. we got uh, Ike Irish, uh, Cole Foster. Uh, how do those guys get limited to apparently doing nothing against, you know, a 9-18 team is what I was wondering. Yeah, it just happens. Yep. It's just, uh, I mean, if the if their pitching's having a good day but, yeah. and our hitting's having a bad day, it just happens, you know. It's just baseball. It's just. All right. Well, uh, you guys have any contacts with any of the uh, baseball coaches? Uh, Coach Thompson himself, do y'all have very much contacts with him at all? Uh, well, we, we, we talked to uh, media relations about getting Coach Thompson on the show. Obviously, we did have Coach Thompson on the show earlier this year, uh, and, and maybe we're able to do that again before the end of the year. But, uh, yeah, we, we obviously have communicated with, with Coach Thompson in the past. Okay. Well, if you, you know, be willing to do this, I appreciate it. Could you tell some of the assistant coaches who you have contact with to begin uh, asking their players that when they uh, are getting up to, to bat or uh, the pitch as well, when they get ready uh, to play the next game, to so just before they do anything, just shout out the words Shazam and see what the heck happens. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be doing that, Steve. I'll That'll just be, be honest with you. But, uh, no, you don't think so? No, I, mean, I don't think so. Maybe something you know, magical happens. You know, Shazam, just saying, you know, it can't be any worse what they're not doing. There you go. You you come up for the plate, and all of a sudden you've got nine Sunny to share us. There you go. There you go. All yeah. right. I, thank you for my poor attempts of humor and making liberty of <laughs> what I think is this is horrendous uh, basketball, uh, baseball performance. All right. Uh, quickly, guys. Last thing for portal. Steve, and then we do there, need to take a break. Uh, basketball people that are uh, in the portal, they're – Supposed to be darn good. You mentioned one of them, but then there's another player I just saw. The guy's name. He's a transfer, five-star transfer from uh, Stanford. Do you know who his name? Who, who I'm talking about? The wing. I. I, uh, I, I yeah. yeah. I, name escapes me, but yeah, I do know you're referring uh, to. Off the top of my head, I don't have it, but I do know who you're referring to. Okay. Do you know if Auburn is in the mix? If they're even looking at him, or he's looking at Auburn? Uh, I do not at all. Uh, he's a West Coast guy, though, so I, I don't yeah. know I, uh, that. Might be a tough get, uh, usually when they're especially where he's all the way out there in Stanford. Like um, that, that would be a big, big uh, move for him to come all the way from the from the west coast to the southeast. So I get um, it. I get it. All right, real quick. I, guys, I'm not going to say Auburn's not in it. I'm not going to say Auburn's not in it, but I I do think that one might be kind of a stretch. Okay. Just, just because uh, of the distance. Fine. Any updates on our remaining players? possibly into the portal or not, people like Dylan Cardwell, uh, people like Chris Moore, uh, KD, uh, any word on them? Uh, no word. I do think uh, Auburn – so uh, apparently Auburn's been targeting this seven foot one uh, center who from Marshall who who's in the transfer portal, and I do think that if Auburn's able to uh, land him, then you could probably see Dylan transferring. Um, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know with Dylan, honestly, he, he might not, you know, he might just stay and hang around like stretch did, uh, and just, and just take the minutes lost. But, um, you never know. Okay, guys, my time is up. 
and I thank you very much for your time. War Eagle, guys, have a safe afternoon. War Eagle, Steve, appreciate the phone call as always. That is Retired Ward AM Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We need to take our first time out of the show. Again, reminder, we get done at 4.15 today, so if you want to call into the program, you got to do it pretty soon. We'll be, back, we'll be back with more of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show right after this. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger the sports call on this Wednesday Tiger 95.9 Ryan Lavoy and Cam Berry with you again we're getting off air at 4.15 today Borgard High School Baseball coming up at 4.30 uh, excited to listen to Tim Sin Brooks Childress the Borgard boys and Tom Peavy will be out there yeah. I don't I didn't ask him if he's ever done a high school game <laughs> I know he's not done one for us that I'm aware of right um, so uh, I'm excited for him. He was very excited talking about it, and uh, that's going to be worth uh, worth tuning into. So uh, we're excited about that one coming up in a little less than an hour. Let's get to today's birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in sports is presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gate Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. The Max Credit Union helps you with all of your banking needs. Captain Jack, Stephen Jackson, turns 45 today. Former NBA guard and forward selected 42nd overall in the 1997 NBA draft by the Phoenix Suns out of Oak Hill Academy. Also played for the New Jersey Nets, San Antonio Spurs, Atlanta Hawks, Indiana Pacers, Golden State Warriors, Charlotte Bobcats, Milwaukee (laughs) Bucks, and Los Angeles Clippers, that's third of the league. Roughly 2003 NBA champion in high school, Jackson was 1996 second team parade All-American, and he was a McDonald's All-American. Steven Jackson turns 45 today. Matt Bonner turns 43, former NBA forward and center, selected 45th overall in the 2003 NBA draft by the Chicago Bulls out of Florida, but did not make the active roster. Later played for the Toronto Raptors and San Antonio Spurs, two-time champ while at Florida or two-time NBA champion excuse me while at Florida Bonner was two-time AP honorable mention all-American two-time academic all-American 2003 first team all-SEC and 2002 second team all-SEC Matt Bonner turns 43 today and Ron Hansen turns 85 former MLB shortstop two-time all-star 1960 American League rookie of the year Played for the Baltimore Orioles, Chicago White Sox, Washington Centers, New York Yankees, and Kansas City Royals. Only five teams. That's less than a lot of people that we yeah. put on here. Uh, Ron Hansen turns 85. Those are birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union against Steven Jackson, Matt Bonner, and Ron Hansen. 
All right, so let's stick with baseball. We talked a little baseball yesterday, but we talked more so about the timing element and uh, how the game is, is changing, if it's a good thing, bad thing, that sort of thing. And we can get into that a little bit here, too. But we've not really had a good discussion since the, the preseason discussion of the Atlanta Braves. And uh, the Braves have now played six baseball games, and it's going quite well. Five and yeah. one start after a sweep of the St. Louis Cardinals. I got to get, get back on the Braves notebook. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I forgot all about that. Thank you for that. Uh, that's due tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, but... Uh, yeah, Cam. I mean, uh, you wrote about the Braves. Head five minutes. Ago. You wrote about the Braves all season long uh, last year, and uh, through the first week of action here, uh, not too much to complain about. All Ooh. systems go. No, yeah, teams looking real good, uh, um, especially hitting wise. They're able to put up runs and and able to win pitching duels. And uh, we were a little worried about the bullpen, and uh, I'm sure you know the back end of it kind of has some issues. But our starters are are, are looking real real good. Um, so, you know, with that being said, uh, just the Braves are, I mean, they're first in the NL East right now, uh, um, and, and, you know, they're, they've started out real strong and that's really all you can ask for is a real strong start and, uh, keep this momentum going. Uh, and, and this team's obviously a lot of the, the core pieces of this team have been together for uh, a few seasons now. So they've got some, some real solid momentum and, uh, I mean, man, Ronald Acuna Jr. looks great. Uh, he he looks like he's back to a hundred percent today. He he uh, took a I think it was a double from Austin Riley and went from first all the way back to home in ten point eight seconds. And and I mean the the dude's got his ACLs back, so that's real good to see. Um, and and excited to see what he can do. And Matt Olson uh, is is really really playing well. Um, and and already got a few home runs and and I think he leads the team in home runs if I'm if I'm correct right now maybe I'm wrong uh, maybe it's a tie um, I think because if, if it's three he leads if it's two I think a couple guys have two he does he leads yeah okay three, three. yeah okay. and leads the team in it RBIs with seven so um, really really cool and and uh, great to see him coming along and and comfortable and. Um, you know, Kevin McAlpin said, you know, we wouldn't be too surprised if, if Matt Olson makes an MVP bid. And uh, he's looking like from the hot start that he really wants to, to make that bid. So it'll be exciting to see for sure. He was so locked in in spring training. Right. And, you know, sometimes that carries over. Sometimes it doesn't. Unfortunately for Marcelo Zuna, it's not carried over. You know, he's been <laughs> yeah. off to a bad start. Only the one hit, which was a homer. But, you know, he hit 300 in spring and was looking good. Slow start. And, again, it, this goes both ways. It's six games and, and yeah. guys hitting 500 right. so far will not. <laughs> and guys hitting 050 will not. So, you know. It'll it'll work both ways, but back on the Matt Olson, uh, this was a guy that hit near 500 in spring, it hit well into the 400s with power, and I think what kind of got lost for Olson from year one now into year two is we talk so much about him as Freddie Freeman's replacement yeah. and, and comparing him to Freddie Freeman, and Not fair. don't think he didn't hear some of that too, and. You know, we we talked about how emotional it was when Freddie Freeman returned to Truist Park as a Dodger, and how emotional Freddie was. The fans were such a warm reception, and all that. Uh, but you know, for Matt Olson to hear all that, no, you know, like awkward. he understands that he's replacing one of the more beloved Braves in a very long time, and and also clearly one of the most productive Braves, and and so. 
that being said, he did some really good stuff last year. A lot of power. Uh, the average was a little lower, but you know, good defensive first base too, and and this, that, and the other thing. But there is another level that he can obtain just by relaxing and and not yeah. thinking about Freddie yeah, anymore. Definitely. And and so I, I think you're seeing the early signs of a guy that that, as you just said, is comfortable. Uh, in his in his role now, and the lineup has been interesting because we we previewed what we thought the lineup could be early in the year, and yeah. you know I was still and I I, I probably will for a, a, a longer than I need to be. I was all aboard <laughs> the Aussie hit second train, but they put Matt Olson in the second right. spot, and so far it is working like an well. absolute charm. Yeah. I mean, uh, he, I, I will say this, you know, if he was hitting. Behind someone slower that was on base, you know his two doubles today would not necessarily have been runs, especially the first one when they lined it into the right center field gap and it didn't make the wall, and Ronald scored by a step and a half basically. Like there's only one other guy maybe on the Braves team that's yeah. scoring in that scenario, right. and so part of the logic of him hitting second behind Ronald is okay. Well, you're going to get every bit of RBI opportunities because. Ronald's going to be on second base yeah. a lot. Yeah. He's going to score from first if you hit your doubles. And and that is a great yeah. – even though it's not traditionally thought of as second being a great RBI opportunity. It is uh, because of who you have first. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I think that that is looking to be a logical move. I'm still unsure where Ozzy needs to hit. He's hit fourth some in the early going. He's hit sixth right. I, I, I just Even against lefties, I don't know if Ozzy should be hit fourth. Uh, but but we'll see on that. But uh, this has been a very productive start. And to top this all off is, look, it's just one turn through the rotation. Let's right. not all get – again, this is a very small sample size, six of 162. But the the young Braves pitchers, uh, mine is kind of a rough going from Schuster, uh, Schuster yeah. who, to be fair to him, after his awful first inning – through three or four more innings without giving up runs, right. so he he fixed what he needed to fix. But these young guys that were not supposed to be in rotation for Atlanta, uh, one time through, Bryce Elder definitely today have done a good job. Good, yeah, yeah. I mean, just as much improvement from the pitching staff as you can possibly ask for is is really all you can get. I mean, Dylan Dodd looked looked real pretty good uh, yesterday. Um, in, in his opportunity, five innings pitched, and, and, and he got his first win, and he got his first strikeout against Nolan Arenado. So, you know, really cool opportunity for him, and, and uh, just just getting these guys to feel as, as comfortable as possible. You know, you hate that, that Max Fried is going to be on the 15-day uh, IL. You, you know, you hate to see that, but just give him that time to get healthy, and it is early in the season, so... You'll get that opportunity. Spencer Strider looks like he hasn't missed a beat, um, and and in how he's just throwing the ball harder than everybody and just moving it past them. Um, and and yeah, like you said, Bryce Elder, he's he's looking really good in, in his opportunities as well. So and you know Charlie is is Charlie. So yeah, that's not much uh, not much else to explain out of him. So it, it's cool, you know, um, getting these getting these guys and seeing their opportunities and seeing how this bullpen's going to round out. Um, and we still haven't even seen our our actual um, 
closer because I think he's still injured. Um, Ross uh, yeah, Ross Iglesias. So we still haven't seen anything from him yet in his closer role. So we we still got a few arms to get back and and really kind of see the full scope of this uh, bullpen. Um, but right now it, it's looking looking pretty pretty decent again. Small sample size, but in that small sample size, you like what you see. Absolutely, and Braves five and one so far. Uh, joining the Milwaukee Brewers for the second best record in the big so far at five and one. However, it's not the best. Tampa Bay Rays, Rays six yep. and zero oh, start things off. Again, very early. Uh, I, I do think Tampa will be a good team. I, I don't mean right. to make it sound like I'm diminishing them, but no slight. But. Uh, I do think the Yankees and Blue Jays will will factor into that equation. Maybe even the Orioles by by the end of it. Uh, but but yeah, absolutely a, a, a nice start for the Braves. We do know based off of last year and how long the Mets led the division, never to to count never. any chickens. Yep. So especially not doing that after a week. But it has gone according to plan for the Braves. The rest of the NL East is under 500 right now. Mets three and four. Marlins three and four. Phillies and Nationals only one and five out of the eight. Phillies without Harper uh, and uh, Reese Hoskins. Hoskins will be all year long. And then uh, you know Washington's supposed to be down there. That's that's not going to be a surprise. But uh, it's exciting to have it. So let's have this conversation and transition this before we run out of time uh, in the hour. But. Uh, got the guys' thoughts yesterday about the the pace of play. Some of the notables so far, okay. uh, you know, and this can change a little bit over the, these last few days. But as of coming coming into Monday's games, Jeff Passan did a full rundown first four days of the uh, the major league season and compare it. I won't read everything I read yesterday, but the the, the big important things are. The games are averaging two hours and 38 minutes compared to three hours and nine minutes right. last year. So down 30 minutes. Stolen bases, uh, about 40 more stolen bases in the first four days of the year compared to last year. Sheesh. And compared to 69% success rate last year, I believe it's 83% success rate this year. Uh, and then batting averages up about 10 to 12 points across base, baseball uh, so far, those those are kind of the main things in yeah. the uh, the pitch clock violations through four days. There had been forty, which averaged out to point eight per game, so little less than one per game that right. you're seeing. So when you hear all of that, uh, what do you like? Is there anything you don't like? And just your overall thoughts on these rule changes so far throughout a week. So the pitching clock is not as bad, um, I think. As I think the reaction was a lot more, you know. Uh, a lot more outward than how the actual result is looking right now. You know, I think spring training obviously I think did a lot of of and pre and preseason just games did a lot of to help the pitchers and even and the batters. Everybody really just get used to it and just kind of be like, okay, I just got to get back in. I just got to get ready. It just is what it is at this point. Uh, it seems like everybody's pretty decently well adjusted. Um, I did see Manny Machado got ejected because he argued a, a, a time thing, and then uh-huh. that situation happened because it was a strikeout. Uh, it resulted in a strikeout, and then he argued and got ejected. Uh, you just, I mean, it's just something that they're going to have to get used to. But it's not as bad as what it is, and the pace of plays doesn't seem as it doesn't seem as bad. You know, some people don't like the gr- the just the slowness of the game, but I mean, a thirty minute decrease, you might not notice it as much but i think just as you're watching the game and how things are progressing quicker i think uh, i think it just keeps people engaged i think that's really the key um to why they're doing what they're doing you know even the ability to steal the bases is is a little bit easier um and then the the there's like a 
three check rule or something as well that the pitchers can only like throw to first a certain amount of times right if i remember correctly because they say yeah, we're talking about uh, they two disengagements right. which is essentially throwovers or stepping okay. off that sort of stuff yeah. so like because i remember i remember uh seeing a tweet about it uh, about uh ronnie got excited because uh the pitcher did it the second time so there's he, no way for right. him to get thrown out or not thrown out, but no way for him to get picked off at this point. Right. So he's like, I'm stealing, you know, he's like excited cause he can run at that point. Uh, so, uh, things like that kind of create an advantage. Obviously we're, we're gearing things more offensively. Um, and, and it doesn't seem like is as much of a bad thing. You know, you said, you said the batting averages are up. Uh, I, I mean, more engagement in the game, obviously pitching duels can be interesting, but they, are not as interesting for most the average fan. Um, you know, nobody nobody really likes a one zero one one game. Unfortunately, people like to see runs. They like to see scoring. Um, I mean, that's really how it is in every sport. Uh, I mean, basketball. I mean, basketball scoring averages are up with teams across the league, uh, and as well as football. They're, you know. I mean, obviously teams need a defense, but everything is more offensive geared in that sense. So uh, it's just kind of a part of they're following the trend of how all the other leagues are moving forward and trying to keep that excitement and in that engagement um, in uh, with their fans. And so it's not as bad as everybody seems to have have thought it it was going to be. And um, it's it's like I said, it's keeping people interested and keeping people engaged. Yeah, and look, you know, Brooks was bringing up yesterday, you know, for those that go to games for more of the relaxed feel of it or uh, that that don't really mind the pace of play because they're there for the the full experience right. of going around the ballpark, trying various foods, chatting it up, and, and a more casual experience. Well, and, and I, I do think some of that um, – I don't want to say roads, but I, I think some of that is fair – I, I will be interested to see the attendance over the next couple of years right. and see if there's any drop there, if, if that really is a, a, a breaking point for people. But what I would what I countered with is, okay, you still have a game that's over two, a little right. over two, two and a half, half hours. hours. That's a little longer than the NBA game. Yeah. It's certainly longer than a college basketball Definitely. game. And it's only 10 or 15 minutes shy of an NFL game. Oh. And, and so I, I think that it shouldn't really disturb to many people, yeah, and then also I think it's just going to be such a better TV product that that I, I know everyone you know a lot of people say screw TV ratings I get it but but you know that's a part the of the business of baseball yeah. <laughs> and, and that's going to be a relevant talking point for Major League Baseball and they broke streaming records for most minutes consumed on MLB TV on opening day. Uh, it was a 43% increase from last year Man. in terms of minutes watched. Well, minutes watched. Well, there's 30 minutes less per game, yeah. and yet the minutes watched still went right way up. So that tells you that a lot of people are interested to see how this play out. Will it, will it continue? We'll see. Um, but I, in general, I'm not ready to put my full finished report in. Right. In general, though, the way I'm leaning is that these are good positive changes. And I think also it's much more responsible of Major League Baseball to try and get a little bit of increase in offense with something that is less severe as changing the baseball. Because remember, we've talked about that in recent years that seemed like they were juicing the baseball yeah. or doing something different in the baseball. And that's such a lazy, Take. you know, you're yeah. just like that is so 
Um, Uninspired. So, uh, exactly. I mean, we'll just, uh, well, we want more offense, so let's just make the baseball fly right, farther. Right. You know, that's that's lazy. This is more of an approach of a little tweak here, a little tweak there. And look, also the other way I process, and I know we got to go to this break, is if you've ero- if you've gotten 30 minutes out of the game, Look how much dead action you actually yeah, had. Yeah. That you have just been able you've you've just put a restriction on how long you know, how many times you get out of the box, how many times you step off, and look how much of that was right. actually in the game. Yeah. That turns out there was a half hour of nothing. You can truly of absolutely nothing. Right. You can truly say at this point now you're like, all right, it's a baseball game. I'm going to a baseball game. Now I can say, well, I don't know how long this game is going to go on. You know, yeah. obviously, you know, obviously per inning and, and based off right. that. But in the terms of of you can generally say it's about two and a half hours, two hours, yeah. 45 minutes at this point, just because of how the pitch clock has worked and it's just speeding the game along. So it, it feels as this is going to end up being a positive change and look that is shocking coming from the office of yeah. rob manfred that, that, that something positive <laughs> had a good idea. has changed oh uh, but it, it is looking that way of course where one weekend we will continue to see and, and i'm sure unintended consequences will arise at some point but we are out of time for hour number one again stay tuned only one more segment back with us in hour number two borgard high school baseball coming up just shy of 4 30 so we'll come back have one final segment of sports call you're listening to the wednesday edition of sports call right here on tiger 95.9 One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Last segment of Sports Call starting right now here on Tiger 95.9. Ryan Lavoy, Cam Barry with you here. Again, we're getting off air here in about 15 or 20 minutes. Borgard High School baseball coming up right, uh, right on our airwaves. Listen to Tim Sin, Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy. Uh, we'll be on the call as well. Looking forward to that. So without further ado, let's go right back to the Auburn Bank. Phone line 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, one 9 tiger 9 Next up on the show today, Anthony from Auburn. Anthony joins us. Anthony, how are you doing? I'm doing good. And you guys? Doing, doing well. well, sir. Good, good. I'm glad I got an opportunity to call in. I'm glad I called early. You know, uh, Hugh Freeze said something that I've been harping about and calling. When I call you all over the years, I mentioned this uh you know, when 8-8 came around, instead of playing yourself to come up with some kind of opponent. And I've always uh, come up with Georgia Tech for Auburn because of being a big rivalry that has been in uh, years past, that that'd be a good way to fill the seats and make some money and uh, take some of that money, whatever percentage uh, that's reasonable, 
to uh, give to a worthy charity. I mean, United Way or American Red Cross are the first two to come to mind that are worthy, you know. But you got to plan it more out there. And then you look at the TV revenue that Auburn could have uh, for itself and the Georgia Tech and, and then all the refreshments and everything that goes in a game day uh, making money, and we all know what that is. Uh, you know, I, I just thought that uh, maybe it's time for the NCAA to go that route because, I mean, you know, if you're going to be – pulling in all this money every year, billions and billions of dollars, when you, everything that goes into that uh, revenue thing for that, uh, you know, why not give something big and something back to the communities? Uh, I mean, now that players can get NIL money, nobody can say a player is being abused or overworked. When you look at some of the deals that some of these people got, you look at the, uh, there's some gymnastics girls got a couple million dollars, there's some basketball girls are in that seven-figure range too, and not even including the football boys that are making some of that big money. So, you know, that'd be nice uh, to give back to the community and uh, people be entertained. And you know what? You can get a better read on your team by having an opponent like that. They give you a good workout. And then that way you really know what you really got to get in and work and work on before the season starts. That can make the difference in uh, being a 7-5 and five team or a team that might be in a posi- position to uh, uh, mess around and uh, get in Atlanta somewhere in the conference championship game and uh, if have a little lady luck on the side, could mess around and get in the playoffs, guys. Well, I, I certainly uh, agree with you on on the the spring spring stuff. I think we've all kind of uh, a little worse for the wear on, on trying to tell you that the spring games matter because the, you know they're just scrimmages for the public, right? And, and uh, that is something that occurs throughout the spring and into the fall. And I, I think you're hearing uh, it certainly grow with with coaches interested. And as you mentioned, you know, Hugh Freeze even mentioned the the charity part of it too. Uh, which you could come into play. And I, I think that uh, something else important that, that Freeze mentioned was, uh, you know, everyone gets so worried about getting big injuries or something. Well, if, if you're hitting yourself, then that's two opportunities to get injured on each play. But if you're hitting somebody else, it's just one. So you actually decrease the injury risk a little bit if you're scrimmaging somebody else. So I, I haven't heard too much uh, – you know, push back to the contrary of why it would not be a good idea. It seems to me like it is a good idea to, to find a, someone to scrimmage or, you know, something other than yourself for the spring game. You know, uh, I certainly hope it would. I don't, uh, you know, I tell you, uh, I wish that uh, maybe when they have uh, NCAA, when they have the meetings and whatnot, when they go with rule changes and different things and, and things they want to do, that maybe more coaches would stand up with him and go ahead and say, hey, this, this is the direction we need to go in. I mean, there's no sense in continuing to go against yourself, that gives the guys something to look forward to, knowing they got an opponent for the spring and the fans will be excited. I mean, you could make special jerseys that the guys wear, uniforms and whatnot. You know, this would be a time for anybody that don't want to get away from tradition. This would be the time that you could have a special uniform, uh, balls and everything. And, and, I mean, you know, if you, if you could get the circus or fair to come to town, like that Red River shootout or something like that in your community or some form of entertainment to go along with it, maybe a concert with a Taylor Swift as an example that – some fans might be interested in and spending some money there. You could really have a, a really good weekend, especially if you can get it at a time where you got your uh, spring break going on or whatnot. That might be something enticed the uh, students instead of going down to Florida somewhere. Well, you know, I got we got Taylor Swift coming in. They got that game, and and maybe the baseball team might have a, a nice opponent you might want to see, and whatever activities going on the campus. I mean, it might be some way to entice some people to come this way, and instead of going down the road or, or something. Hey, look, man, you're you're spitting a lot of facts there. I, I know that uh, uh, that that 
a lot of that you could make a, bit, a big event of it. I mean, it, it seems like college football has kind of wanted yeah. to make the spring game a big deal, but I think people kind of just realize the insignificance of it when you're just scrimmaging yourself. But, uh, this would make if, it a lot if, more interesting. Yeah, I, I like all of your ideas there, Anthony. I really do. And, I mean, to, you know, to your point, you know, not like it's to the level that, that you're talking about, but, you know, Auburn, for example, is trying to unveil the, the Frank Thomas statue this weekend as right, something right. else to look forward to besides right. A-Day. So I definitely right. think you're hitting a lot of the right tunes there. You know, it would take a lot of planning and getting people together and, and, and getting organized, but something like that could be pulled off. and It, it could be a, a real nice barn burner doing something like that. Agreed. I hope that can uh, happen. Uh, I mean, like I said, I've called in from time to time, and I've brought that up ain't no telling how many times uh, over the years. But it looked like uh, since he went ahead and put it out there, that maybe uh, something might happen. But, guys, I appreciate it, and y'all have a good day. Yes, sir, Anthony. Appreciate your phone call. That is Anthony from Auburn joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. I also uh, could mention in there real, too, to add to it, you know, this is done already kind of in college basketball. Now, they're not public displays. They're called secret scrimmages. scrimmages. But they do uh, have some sort of competition before the season with another team, uh, usually that's pretty local. Uh, And so that that is – Again, this is not an unheard of concept. It is going in that direction. Of course, I was not on the show or at least not hosting the show some of the times that Anthony's mentioned this in the past. But, uh, you know, he is he's striking the right note there where there's momentum for this. And I'd be curious to try and go around and find some other coaches outside the state of Alabama because we've heard from Hugh Freeze, right. we've heard from Summerall, we've heard from Dilfer. You know, on board. I, I don't know I'd if I've heard from, from Saban, Saban on that. Yeah, yeah I've not um, heard from Saban about uh, this, because though. he's always. Uh, thinking pretty deeply and critically about the game of college football, and again, I, I, I just I would love to hear someone uh, go against that argument, you know, because I have not heard that I've not heard that part of it. I've right. I've only heard the positives of it, which there are plenty, and it's going to take a lot for me to to switch the opinion the other way. But you know, as Anthony pointed out, okay, this is a spring game. Something he snuck in there, which I think is a really good idea too. You could try something different with the jerseys, yeah. or something. I mean, you could try something right, for the right, non-traditional. Right. It's spring. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. how many people throw are going to get offended if you do orange, something different? Right? You know, yeah, something, something um, different for sure. So, I, I think that's a that's a good point there too. I, you know, look, we've had our disagreements with Anthony, but I agreed with everything he said yeah. right there. Um, I, again, cool, if someone Eddie. has a downside, please please bring it to me. But I, I think this all, is yeah. gaining some momentum and. Uh, I think you heard Justin Ferguson on the show yesterday mention that uh, even the NCAA uh, council, I think they had proved it at the at a lower division level in college football. And so I, I think this is going to end up happening. I can't promise it's going to be next year or anything, but uh, I, I do think that this uh, is on the horizon, and I think it would be a positive thing. Yeah, I think so too. I I, I agree a hundred percent. I think it would, and and even still, like. When you think about it, say just just from a Troy perspective, right? A lot of I'm sure there's a lot of Troy fans and uh, that you know love the opportunity, right? Love the opportunity, but also you know they also cheer for Auburn as well, or say Alabama, just vice versa. However that right. goes, you know what I'm saying? And and so they would love that opportunity, and then they'd love to be able to say they come to Jordan Hare, they'd like to to have the opportunity. I think it would fill it would fill out the stadium more. You know, it would it would bring in a lot more revenue you know however that goes you know maybe you give a portion of it obviously to to troy because they're also playing in the game however that works out whatever right. whatever but 
iron out the details. Yeah, that that would bring in a lot more. I I 100% agree. I think it's a really cool idea, a cool concept, and I I would love to see it come to fruition. Yeah. I again, I seems like a, a really good idea. Uh, we will see in time if there's any pushback to it, but uh, maybe listen to some other prominent coaches speak. But yeah, I I think uh, most coaches in this state seem to be in favor of it, and it is. Uh, gaining some momentum. All right, we're about out of time for the show today. Again, Borgard High School Baseball coming up in just a few minutes. Time for a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. 6.30, the NHL on TNT. Look, the NHL and the NBA season's coming down to the wire. Yeah. Uh, but in the NHL tonight on TNT, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Rangers. NBA 6.45 on ESPN. Chicago Bulls trying to get a play-in spot. They are at the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, 6.45 ESPN. Three, or and then one more uh, sports pick for you. 7 o'clock, CONCACAF. Uh, Tigres and Motagua? I don't know. 7 o'clock FS1. I think that's the CONCACAF, CONCACAF uh, Champions League. The Obviously, America, Central America. I, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not watching that. The Tigres. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's not, not happening. Uh, <laughs> you can't. I'll, I'll add one here. Why do you, uh, why do you go? Uh, 9 o'clock on ESPN tonight. Lakers Clippers. That's a huge one. Yeah, that'll uh, be in a the big NBA. one. That, uh, winner takes the fifth seed for now. Loser drops to the play-in at number seven. Couple movie picks for you. Six fourteen on what's S T S S E Id or Z Id? Brooks has got to explain some things to me on this one. I don't know. Six fourteen and Home Alone is on a channel, and six thirty on FX Thor. Again on FX. I know that channel, and Thor is a good movie. So that is the Sports Call Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw. Hard seltzer. Fun, short, and sweet show yeah, today. Man. Again, we'll have this the rest of the way this week. Auburn softball against Florida uh, at 4.45 air times both tomorrow and Friday, so we'll have uh, shortened sports calls then too. But again, Borgard High School baseball coming up in just a few minutes here, so stay tuned for that. Cam, thank you for being on the show today. We'll see you again on Friday. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. And we thank all those that tuned in and called in. For Cam Berry, my name is Ryan LeBoy. Have a very great Wednesday evening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.